Hello and welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. I am your host, Rado Palamariu, Global Supply Chain Practice Head for Morgan Phillips Executive Search. Um, I am delighted to have with us today Tsui Schreiber, CEO of Freitos. Freitos is, is the online freight marketplace uh, to usher the logistics industry into the digital era, making global shipping faster, most, more cost-effective cost and smoother. Simply put, they are just like the Expedia or the Kayak for the shipping industry. With investors including GE Ventures and the Singapore Exchange, they raised approximately $94 million so far and currently have around 200 employees and six offices around the United States, Asia and the Middle East. Tsui Schreiber is, uh, is, uh, is our guest, is, uh, is the CEO of the company and is basically a serial internet entrepreneur. So he founded Tradium Inc., one of the pioneers of B2B e-commerce, which achieved revenues of over 100 million. Later on, founded Unicorn uh, Inc., which he sold to IBM, and Ghost sold to Infinity Fund. He was also the CEO of Cleantech Electronics, a company called Like Tech, which he sold in 2011 to General Electric. He has, uh, he has a PhD in computer science and he's also the author of Fizz, Nothing is as it seems, which tells the history of physics as a novel. Svi, welcome and pleasure to have you with us today. Great to be on. Super. Um, so actually, before we, we jump in, because I must, I must admit that, uh, that you have a, uh, a fascinating background. So you've, you've started a lot of companies. You, you know, you've, uh, you've also written a book. Um, tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, you obviously, I mean, I think I have, uh, you're among the very few people that have successfully exited so many businesses. You know, what, what kind of got you into the entrepreneurship bug, if, if I may ask? <laughs> well, they weren't all successful, but, but thanks. Appreciate the, uh, the introduction. Um, I don't know, the, the best definition I've ever heard of an entrepreneur is someone who is unemployable. So basically, I just can't hold down a job, so I create companies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's a good that's a good way of uh, that's a good way of, uh, of of putting it. But does it does it also run kind of in in the family, or what's you know? Sometimes there is a there's a background story to it. And I'm just probing a little bit to see if if yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, my, my grandfather was a very was a, a, refu a refugee and became a, a very successful entrepreneur. Uh, and my dad also also has been an entrepreneur, so that's uh, that's fair. It does uh, it does indeed run in the family. Yes, uh, but okay. I took a slightly different tack. I started my career. I didn't start as an entrepreneur. I started as an engineer and um, started computer science. And started for a couple of years as an engineer, but then pre uh, pretty quickly looked to combine my interest in in software and in entrepreneurship. So I've been very fortunate to be able to spend most of my career uh, building software companies and and uh, doing both the things I love, you know, software and uh, and also entrepreneurship. Yes. Yes, and actually quite quite fascinating. And I wanted to ask you how 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 exactly did you start Freitos? Because I, uh, obviously it is related to digital, it is related to the internet, but it is within an industry uh, or freight industry, which is you know maybe not your typical place to to go. So how did you how did you end up in that particular industry? That's a good question. So up to 2011, I was I was only ever doing software. Um, I'd never had to deal with inventory and shipping. But in 2011, I took over a, a company that you mentioned earlier called Litech, making power supplies for LED lights. And so uh, we were manufacturing them uh, mostly in Shen, uh, Shenzhen and South China and shipping uh, every day, both ocean and air from uh, South China to the US and to Europe. Um, and as a shipper, as a customer, I was, I was quite um, shocked and confused that the shipping process was so manual. Um, two or three days just to get a price quote. Um, and uh, and then, you know, there was no track and trace and it never arrived when they said it would arrive. 
And when I eventually got the invoice, it rarely even matched the price quote that I'd waited so long to get anyway. Um, so the whole, the whole thing was so compared to passenger travel or compared to sending a FedEx box, the whole thing was so um, manual and old-fashioned. It kind of uh, shocked me. Um, and it was kind of confusing because I wasn't the first guy to ship something from China to America. You know, this has been tried once or twice before. And yes. you'd, have thought, <laughs> you'd have thought that by now the industry figured out how to do it in a, in a modern way. So, um, so after I had the good luck to sell that company, I decided to get back into software. And I, I just thought very simply, here's a problem that needs solving. You know, the freight, uh, the industry of uh, international freight needs the same conveniences that we've had already, already for 20 years in, in passenger travel. Super, super. Yeah. So it, it was a, it was a personal pain point that you experienced. Because I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I think I was, uh, and you have it also on the website in terms of the statistics. But uh, yeah, pretty much, uh, I think it's somewhere nearly fifty percent of all the all the importers, or forty seven percent, still kind of use spreadsheets. And and even this happens even with large importers. So it's still an industry which is pretty much paper based, which is which is a yeah kind of uh, yeah, yeah. well twenty first century is kind of backwards. Um, Tell us a little bit linking it to Freitos. So that was the problem. That was the, the challenge. That is still a challenge. How is Freitos addressing that? And how is Freitos making things easier? So, I mean, the idea, like uh, like an Expedia or a kayak or a sea trip, um, a w- website where you can get instant price quotes and binding price quotes uh, and track and trace online and, and just make shipping as easy as, as, you know, passenger travel. That was always the vision. Um, in order to do that, though, we had to spend quite some years building infrastructure because the problem is that um, none of the freight forwarders uh, or the carriers actually had um, instant pricing or electronic pricing. Um, if, if I can just once more maybe draw an analogy to passenger travel, uh, Freitos didn't have the same luxury that Expedia and uh, you know had when they launched Travelocity in the late 90s. In the passenger industry, there was always uh, a standard for data. There, there were systems called Sabre and Amadeus. And those, those, those of us who are old enough remember in the 80s and the 90s, uh, a good travel agent had a computer screen where they could see seats from all the airlines and, and prices from all the airlines. That technology, believe it or not, started in the 60s. Sistry had a long tradition of having standardized data, which was available electronically. Um, And then Expedia and Travelocity took the same data and they marketed it online, but the data was there. Um, In international shipping, the situation is very different. Um, None of, certainly when we started seven years ago, and even today, um, none of the freight forwarders and none of the carriers, and and still today very few, um, even had a a digital way of getting a price or, or checking availability. Um, and now, you know, thanks to Freightos and, and other efforts, uh, there are now a few freight forwarders and, and carriers who can give prices digitally, who can tell you the availability of, of space on a flight or, or a ship uh, digitally. So, so that's finally started to change. Um, but that was a long way of explaining that we actually had to spend the first four or five years of Freightos for freight forwarders around the world. Uh, and some to digitize their whole sales process and uh, sell software as a service to over a thousand freight forwarders, etc. 
Uh, and that was the infrastructure. And only after we'd spent some years uh, helping to digitize some of the service providers, only then were we able to launch the, the Freitos website where we can show prices instantly, where you can compare prices, where you can book. So now we have the, uh, the infrastructure for that. But it was, it was a real fundamental change to the industry to just collect all the data and automate the pricing and, and uh, make availability information about, say, you know, what capacity is available. It was a really quite a fundamental, fundamental change to how the industry works. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it sounds to me, and I mean, also knowing a little bit the, the industry where I was, I remember this particular case uh, uh, in terms of the digitalization efforts where I was at the conference and one of the panelists asked the, one of, it was a shipping line, you know, how's your digital um, digital transformation going? And then another one, which was a little bit naughtier, said, yes, I don't know how they're going, but they don't have a website yet, so it's a bit of a problem. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, indeed, you know, the, the fact that you've had to do a lot of education uh, doesn't surprise me. And I don't think it's 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 uncommon, um, and and it makes sense that after you've that you've done that part, now you have a lot more data that you can you can you you were able to build the platform on. And I think you were saying that if before it would take somebody about three days to get a quote, and it would be quite a manual process where you have to get a lot of calls and and talk to a lot of people. Now you know through Freighters you can basically get that price points uh, instantly, which is a huge uh, time saver, right? Um, right. But a few hurdles to get over, right? So basically, I mean, I think that forwarders normally would have been a little bit nervous about a potential downward pressure on their rates, right? If, if you had this kind of online booking service as, as Freitos, because um, mm. uh, they can sometimes hedge the prices, right? So how, how did you overcome this hurdle? How did you make them basically, or how did you get them on board uh, the, this journey of, you know, uh, seeing the benefits of, of it? I mean that's true, and it's actually gone a little easier than uh, than I thought. I mean, you're you're quite right that uh, forwarders and carriers are, are a little nervous about pricing transparency and and downward pressure on their price. Uh, on the other hand, that they're, they're you know people are aware of what's going on in the world, and and you can see the transparency that there is in in passenger travel, in retail. Um, in other industries. So I think people understand that the world is becoming more transparent uh, throughout. And, and um, you know, very few people would be silly enough to deny this move towards transparency. So the key, when I speak to a carrier or a freight forwarder about selling online or, or selling on freight or specifically, um, I, I think the key is, um, you know, a couple of things. One is to show that selling online reduces a lot of cost. Uh, so yes, you know, you, you have the transparency, people can compare you with competitors, uh, but we take away most of the cost of sale. I mean, the, the, the current cost of sale for freight services is horrible. You know, the only way to sell freight up to, up to now has been you hire a sales team and you buy them suits and, and you give them a you give them a budget to go, go and play golf with the, with the shippers. Um, the problem is there's 100,000 freight forwarders in the world and they've all got you know, salespeople in suits playing golf. So now you've got to play two rounds of golf or three rounds of golf. And, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, the, the cost of sale goes more and more with, with no guarantee of, of actually bringing in orders um, because there's so much competition. So what we're able to show the freight forwarders is that when you sell online, yes, there's may, maybe there's a little more price pressure, but you actually reduce a lot of the cost and the risk of the sale. 
Um, and, and, and then they see that on balance, actually, you know, they're actually doing better because the, the cost of sale is lower. Uh, the other thing we're able to show is that, you know, transparency is, is a great thing if you're the best, right? So if your prices are high and your service is bad and you don't honor your transit times, then, then trans- transparency is not, not such a great thing. Um, but if you have the best service and, and the best transit times and the best reputation and the best price, then uh, transparency is a fantastic thing because everyone can see that you're the best and, and you get a lot of orders. So, uh, you know, for the, for the good companies out there who are efficient and, and customer focused, um, this kind of comparison can be, can be a wonderful uh, thing. Really. Mm. Yes. And you also, I think you also mentioned, and I think the industry in, in itself has seen quite a lot of uh, movement in terms of this kind of online platform. So I think even Kunanagel tried to launch something around the lines of Freightnet. Um, and you mentioned that all these other initiatives have, have helped the industry um, move on. Um, of course, Kunanagel might run a little bit into the issue of lacking objectivity or perceivedity, right? Because, you know, obviously mm-hmm. they have a, have a little bit of a skin in the game uh, is this, uh, when other, uh, let's say, on the shipping line or I think uh, there's been other examples when one one particular uh, company tried to drive a solution and then other, obviously the market reacted that it's not objective anymore. Um, uh, but how the other, I mean, let's, you can call it a, an explosion of online platforms. Uh, have they helped also Freitas and have they helped Health process. How do you see all this? Literally, last couple of years, we've seen a lot of them popping up. Yes, uh, I mean, you know, explode. Ex- let's say a few have popped up. Yes, maybe explosion. Yes, slide over statement. Um, you know, still nine to freight is sold offline. Yes. Yes, out yes. of a hundred thousand freight forwarders in the world, maybe there's like you know ten who've got <laughs> got their rates online. But you're right. That's that's a big change from from where we were two years ago when it was virtually zero. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, this helps us. We're, we're not trying, we're not trying to bring the whole industry just onto Freitas. We're, we want to digitize the interest, uh, the industry, and we're delighted that some of the carriers, uh, at least a couple of the carriers, and, uh, like, um, Hapag Lloyd and CMACGM and Maersk and, and, um, a couple of airlines and, uh, a handful of freight forwarders are also selling online. And, and this helps us to change the behaviors and to teach people that the same convenience, you know, I mean, all the people, all the people who are buying freight, all the shippers, you know, at home, they use Amazon and, and Netflix. And, you know, they all, they all know these conveniences from their personal life. And, and uh, I think these other digital efforts are helping to educate the, uh, educate the industry that at last, you know, freights can be bought in the same way that, um, that other things can, you know, online in, in a very convenient digital way. Yes, yes. And, and what would you say, Etsy, what would you say that is your main target customer and the most, because I think you work with, you know, obviously you work with forwarders, you work with shippers, you work with e-commerce, you have a palette of, of, of different products. Mm-hmm. You know, what would you say your main kind of targets and the, the best case studies for success so far? Well, so it's marketplace. So, so there's two sides uh, by nature. There's the service providers and there's the customers who, who, who we, we call shippers in this industry, the people who are buying, you know, importers and exporters, basically. Um, so we started by working with the um, 
with the freight forwarders uh, and insiders. and that's that's gone very well. I mean, we work now with over a thousand freight forwarders out of the top out of the top twenty you know global freight forwarders. At least fifteen are customers of ours. Uh, particularly strong, we acquired a company called Web Cargo along the way, which which makes us particularly strong in air cargo, uh, mm-hmm. but also in ocean. Um, so you know that's really got quite some scale now. I mean, freight forwarders are searching for rates on the Freightos platform, the, the, the professional freight forwarding platform, about a million times every month. Wow. Um, so that, that's really got quite some scale now. Um, the newer part and, and the more exciting part, maybe of Freightos as well, is the website where where shippers, you know, importers and exporters can actually come and, and look for um, freight services, Air and Ocean. Um, that's been live for two years, just over two years now. And I have to say that so far it attracted mostly small importers and exporters, uh, particularly strong in the US, which was our initial focus. Um, now, as it gets more mature and grows, we're starting to see some bigger shippers using it as well for their for their spot quotes, not for their regular annual tenders, but for their. We are seeing bigger shippers using it when they have a, a you know, a, a sort of a transactional business, a, a spot quote. Um, we're particularly strong, of course, as you might guess, with uh, e-commerce vendors. I mean, there's um, even in the past, about a third of import and export was handled by small businesses. Um, and now I think that's growing even more because uh, there's so many e-commerce players popping up. Mm. Um, so people forget that sometimes there's a lot of attention given to the, the Walmarts and the, you know, the, the big shippers. Uh, but actually, you know, over 30% of the, of the import and export is handled by small businesses. Um, and, th- you know, 30% is a huge amount to take into account. The biggest freight forwarder has maybe 7 or 8%. So when you're able to aggregate these small importers and exporters, that's a huge part of the industry and, and a growing part of the uh, industry. Correct. And especially when you give them an easy-to-access tool that they can use uh, themselves. I mean, all of a sudden, and it's, it's I mean... Pretty much, once you have the platform, they can just use it. I mean, it's not like you need to deal with individuals uh, per se. So it's a it's a great way to, to address right. the market. Particularly, particularly when many of them are e-commerce players, so their whole business is mm-hmm. online, and that's how they and expect fast to moving. do mm-hmm. Yeah, fast moving, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. And how how do you? I mean, I, we got this question from one of our. It's a good. I think you kind of addressed it, but I want to go a little bit deeper. Is how do you show that that the liners and the you know the, the different holders uh, hosted on on the platform are not just competing on price point, but also giving the desired level of service? So is, mm-hmm. is there like a rating system as well, or how? I mean, how do you show that type of? You know, it's not just price; it's also service. Yeah, that, that's a key question. So yes, absolutely. There's there's rating like you'd expect on the internet. You can see how many stars other shippers have given this uh, service provider. You can read the comments and, and it's all comments from actual customers. Nobody can post. Only somebody who's actually placed a shipment with that forwarder or, or with that car- carrier can post a review. So you see real reviews. We have now some some of the service providers on, on Freitas have already done over a thousand shipments and, and you know a couple of million dollars worth of shipments on our platforms. So some of them now have, have a large number of reviews. Some of them are a bit newer. Um, so absolutely, the, the reputation and the reviews are very important. The transit time is very important. Uh, and in some cases, the service provider has ec- extra um, features that they offer. For example, we have a major ocean carrier. 
who um, who's selling on Freitas, and they are able to guarantee a slot on a specific shipment. So when you book with forwarders, they typically say, you know, we'll try and get it on the ship within a week, but it's kind of a vague commitment. But we do have one carrier who offer a, a distinguished service where they say, if you click here, you have a guaranteed slot on, on Wednesday morning sailing. Um, and so whenever somebody offers, whenever one of the service providers has some extra feature, which we think is interesting to the importers and exporters, then we're happy to highlight that. So, you know, our, our aim is not just to be transparent about price, but also about service and reputation and any, any uh, you know, value add that they might, might offer. Mm-mm. Super. Um, and I wanted to ask you a, really, a little bit about and the last uh, round of funding which you got from the Singapore Exchange, which is a very interesting mm. um, interest in Get On Board, and I think it was about forty-four million. Um, and 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 they were saying that together with with the with you guys at Freitos, they will explore the development of financial instruments to int- introduce the transparency, agility, and risk mitigation that other industries already enjoy. Um, mm. And also, so the, because they are, I think the, the SGX is is linked to the uh, so no they. With the yeah exactly with the Baltic mm-hmm. Exchange, so I just wanted to ask you you know how do you plan to because uh, it's all about synchronicities right and also when you get an investor it's more about just you know the the monetary uh, investment but it's also about the you know partnerships so how do you plan to develop these synchronicities between SGX and Freitas moving forward? You know the synergy with SGX is already starting to develop very nicely uh, even before the investment we started to uh, we launched an index. Uh, which is the most reliable index for ocean container prices. Uh, and it's now called FBX, the Freitas Baltic um, uh, Index. Uh, Baltic is a subsidiary of SGX, which which has been doing um, data about shipping for more than 200 years, actually, in London. So it's a very famous and, and uh, you know institution in, in the maritime industry. Um, so the, the roadmap with SGX looks like we've got FBX, which is an index. It competes kind of with the Shanghai index, but it's much broader. It's based on much more data and it's not only for China. It carries, it covers, uh, you know, um, many major trade lanes around the world, not just China. Um, so we have the index SGX. We're moving now to, um, to actually move that from a weekly index to a daily index and to make sure it has, together with our partners, to make sure that this has the regulatory approval to be a benchmark for financial instruments. Because now, ever since the Libor scandal, if you remember that, there's new regulation to say you can't just make any index and then trade derivatives. You have to have some regulation to make sure that your index is is reliable and uh, independent. Um, So we're going through that process to make the FBX index of container shipping, to make it daily, to make it uh, audited. Um, And then based on that, uh, we're going to be launching together with SGX a derivative where you can actually, if you're a carrier and you want to protect yourself against prices dropping, or if you're a shipper and you want to protect yourself against prices increasing, uh, both of those things will be possible using standard financial instruments, which are already common in other industries. Super, super. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll watch out for that. I think it's an, yeah, it's an excellent initiative. Um, Another question that is quite deep, but I think it's also the audience is uh, there's different standards, right? I mean, in terms of in terms of the industry and in terms of the the you know the different continents, or let's say Europe and Asia, there's there's different challenges in terms of how do you um, kind of define standards, operations, um, uh, procedures, and, and all of that. Have you hit certain you know certain big differences in between you know operating in a different different parts of the world as opposed as opposed to other parts of the world, or how has it been for you guys? That's an interesting question. Um, 
I mean, in theory, there's no, in, the industry is structured fairly similarly in, um, in most parts. China has some, some sort of um, interesting uh, nuances of its own. Um, Overall, I mean, we do have customers, you know, all around the world, but overall, uh, we've actually been strongest in Europe um, and second strongest in North America and, and then third strongest in Asia. Um, but I think, that, I think that just reflects the, the way the industry is structured, where if you look at the tom, top 10 freight forwarders, you know, three PLs in the world, at least six of them are European. Yes. Uh, and, and almost all of them based in Germany and Switzerland, actually. Um, <laughs> so that's just uh, somehow they're very good at logistics over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, that's a very yeah, one of <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they all seem to have chosen the same canton of, of Switzerland, which has the lowest tax. That's also an, an yeah, and it, it, it doesn't really have a lot of water around it. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, that's kind, of irony, right? Uh, kind of the irony. The world's biggest, uh, you know, MVOCC is like Kunrun Agel sitting in Switzerland of all places. Um, but but anyway. Um, so, so, yeah, so that's a particularly strong area. Europe, we all do really in Barcelona, called uh, Freitas Web Cargo now. Um, but, but we have plenty of customers in, in North America and in Asia. So, um, so it, it's, you know, by, by, by its very nature, this is a global business. You can't, you can't be just in one place. And, yes. and some of our European customers, you know, um, customers like Panalpina and Hellman, well, although we work with them, their headquarters are in Europe, um, they roll out a software across 50, 60 countries around the world. So it's used everywhere. Yeah. Um, so that's good because it also provides that standardization. Um, and how, how do you, I mean, you've grown tremendously, you're growing tremendously. I, I'm curious, where do you plan to expand next? And, and maybe talk to us a little bit or talk to the audience a little bit about also if there's certain um, focus area. You're acquiring different companies, you spoke about different products. I think there was an aspect about Express as well, potentially being on the platform. So, mm -hmm. you know, geographically as well as in, uh, in terms of clients, where, where do you plan to expand uh, more? <laughs> And next. Okay, so I mean, in terms of product, our focus is international air and ocean. Um, mm -hmm. Do we do have already some Express on the platform? We do have some LTL, uh, but I don't consider Express or LTL to be strategic products because there are other perfectly good platforms to, to you know LTL and Express are simpler products, and there are other good websites where you can find that. Uh, so we have it as well for completeness, but I don't feel that we bring some unique value there. For international air and ocean, Freitas is really by far the. The, the best site, almost the only site where you can receive many instant price quotes. Um, so our, our strategic focus is air and ocean. Um, in terms of started in the US and we started with small shippers, a lot of e-commerce and, and we're basically expanding in two directions. One is we do move up market as, as the coverage, the, the offering becomes richer and cheaper and better than we do start to attract uh, bigger importers and exporters sometimes. Um, and we've started to expand geographically. So we've launched in Canada and UK. And the next launch will be uh, in Germany for the for the shippers. And then after that, more, more countries in Europe and in Asia over the next couple of years. So yeah, as I say, gradually expanding up market and, and expanding geographically. 
Super. And another area is that some, it's now become, sorry, uh, I just was going to add one more thing, which is that it's, we're also seeing some carriers now taking an interest, I think you, you meant, in selling digitally. And that, that's an important uh, development in the industry. And, and certainly we're, uh, we have already one major carrier on, on our platform. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, who was it, uh, Maersk uh, announced uh, in the last couple of weeks that they managed, finally managed to, to have what the airline industry has for a long, long time. They finally managed to get it for the, for the shipping industry, uh, which is that time, time of a platform. Um, so definitely they're trying to move in the right direction. Uh, and hopefully then there's going to be some even bigger synchronicities for you guys with them as well. Um, and moving, moving a little bit to the, um, softer side of things and you've had, you've had a lot of um, in building companies is, is, is with this right so um, mm. I wanted to ask you also in the direction of, of, of what we do a lot which is you know recruitment which is talent acquisition and which is attracting talent when mm. when it comes to hiring people right and when it comes to to attracting the right type of people at Freitas what do you focus on when 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 it, it comes down to that <laughs> Yeah, goodness, but in the end, it's all about people, right? So um, we're looking for people who are um, intelligent and, and driven and uh, team players and hardworking, um, collaborative. Um, and then, unfortunately, nobody's perfect. Nobody has everything that you need. <laughs> and then we, uh, <laughs> That's fortunate, right? Because this is when I you guess, have a good I team. Guess, yeah. right. <laughs> Overall, we've got a fantastic team. You know, it's really a, a pleasure to uh, to work with them. At this time of the year, every, every winter I go, because we're now 200 people, um, so it's hard to have a relationship with all of them at this point. But um, every winter I start having uh, lunches with, with a team about five or six at a time. Uh, so it can end up now being sort of thirty lunches or so, but I, but, but I make sure I sort of meet every part of the of the team at least at least once a year in case in case I'm not otherwise interacting with them. Um, you know, overall it's a great team. I mean, we we people are really bought into the vision. They really feel that there's a significant opportunity here to to make shipping uh, better, and as a result, make world trade better to make it easier for people to import and export and and you know that has an amazing as you know an amazing effect on creating jobs and creating wealth and creating um consumer choice so the end we we really feel privileged that we're um at the forefront of digitizing such an important industry to to the world you know to the world yes and what would you say because obviously as the ceo of the company um, you're the main driver for culture. So again, a soft element, but a, a tremendously important element um, to make or break uh, pretty much a company. And you've, you've done it many times before and usually, uh, not all the time, actually, strong companies and strong startups have a strong culture. Would you say, if I ask you, what are some of the elements that define Freitas culture? Well, I, I try to, you know, I, I, I work hard and I try to be very transparent and honest um, and, and that's, I say try, but that's sort of uh, naturally how I, I feel most comfortable. I don't, I don't enjoy keeping secrets or, so I just try to be very, um, you know, very open and honest about almost everything there, they accept some very sensitive things, which you have to uh, keep quiet, but, you know, I have, um, I sit in the open space. I don't have an office, um, I, uh, connected on Slack to everyone. So everyone in the company is free to chat to me, um, and uh, and I try listen. I'm I'm not always a hundred percent good at that, but I, I'm certainly try very hard to be open to criticism and feedback. Um, that's it. Nothing very uh, <laughs> very unique, but uh, but yeah. it works for me. 
Yes, yes. And typically, I mean, typically it boils down to the fundamentals. It doesn't, I mean, it's, it's, it's hardly ever something, you know, all, I mean, totally out of this world. It's just that typically we, uh, we as humans, we forget to do the fundamentals. So <laughs> it's yeah. funny how it, it typically revolves around, you know, how, you know, listening to people, being available to people and, and being present to people, right? So it's, uh, yeah. uh, so they have that level of access to you. Um, and and what I wanted to ask is because it's also about more and more. It's also about and you talked about vision and you talked about you know uh, giving people a purpose, right? And giving the team mm. and giving the, the employees a purpose. How do you how do you what would be some of the challenges when it comes to because you're fighting? I mean, you're fighting in in a way. I mean, there's a lot of these out there, right? You you know your mm. IBMs and your big technology companies and and whatnot. They are all kind of fighting. Uh, you you're fighting with them for the the same talent sometimes. How do you mm. how do you manage to attract that? that talent to Freitos as if, I mean, as, as opposed to, you know, letting them uh, go to competition or what would be some of the unique um, benefits that, that somebody would have to join Freitos? People, um, I mean, but I must say when we fight for talent, it's rarely with sort of IBM. Correct. Yeah. Uh, occasionally it is. Uh, occasionally that's uh, for our talent in Israel, you know, uh, nearby, in fact, it's uh, it's based on my startup, which IBM acquired ten years ago. <laughs> I'm the IBM office in Jerusalem, uh, and course, you should have signed a contract with those guys. I'm <laughs> yeah, right, telling you the, the startup, but don't take any more people. Right, but it's more than anything like that would have expired. But anyway, um, yes, there is. Uh, of course, we do have uh, IBM and Microsoft and Google and and Amazon and Facebook are, are all big employers in Israel. As they are in other places, uh, but 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 I think uh, most of the competition comes from startups. I mean, at least in the culture in Israel, people have most engineers have have um, found that it can be more fun to work in a startup, and and you, you can get more satisfaction. Not nothing wrong, of course, with those big companies, but somehow when you're a company in a company with tens of thousands of engineers, you may not get as much satisfaction as when you work in a, in a startup and you're a significant part of the, of the team and you, you feel more directly how you're impacting the success. So look, uh, there's always competition for the talents. Um, now our best to treat our team well and give them interesting challenges and, and have success together. So that's a constant pressure. Um, but overall we've had a good team and most of them have been loyal and, in, in the few cases where people have left, it has not normally been for a, for a big company. Mm, got it. And, and, and looking back at your journey as an entrepreneur, because we have a lot of people in the audience that, that, that want to become or want to be entrepreneurs, or, you know, maybe mm. they've been with a corporate for a long time and now they want to at some point make the plunge. And make, uh, Can you share one or two lessons that you've learned so far in your, in your journeys and in your years as well for them? Goodness. Um... <laughs> I think key is to enjoy the journey, right? Because um, in the end, most startups fail. Um, and you can't control everything in life, right? So you can do the right things. You can have a great idea and, and build a great team and work, work smart. Do all of, all of those things. But there's always an element of luck. Um, and you can see in every success and every failure that, that luck played a role. So uh, the key thing is also to enjoy the journey and have fun and, and not take it too seriously. You know, I've found, I'm fortunate to have had mostly successes, but I've had failures as well. And I, I find if you're, if you're honest with people along the way, for example, when people invest, you're, you're honest about the risks. 
then uh, you can still, you know, you don't have to feel bad when, when it fails because you went into it together. You knew the risks. If it mm. succeeds, everyone's happy. Uh, but I'm still on very good terms with investors who lost money on one of my startups. And uh, there were really no hard feelings. You know, we, we, we all knew the risks. We gave it our best shot. And uh, the, on that particular occasion, it, did, it didn't work out. And that's okay as well. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and, and final kind of drawing to the, to the conclusion and final question from me, I'm talking specifically about Freitos and looking back at the Freitos story so far, which has been, you know, uh, already seven, seven years, right? So coming to seven years, yep. uh, what are some of the things that you, that make you most proud of it? Look, I mean, I, th- I think um, what's exciting with Freitos, uh, a little many other startups, it's a really big, complicated problem. Um, a lot of startups take on a much, much narrower problem, and the, there's nothing wrong with that. And you take on international freight, you're dealing with different current modes and different business rules and different um, uh, a big, big mess of data. I mean, believe it or not, we've had to read into our database about a about a hundred thousand massive Excel sheets with no standards, and you know, and, and a lot, a lot of mess. Uh, the really, really big problem, you know, getting all of this data for, for every ocean liner and every airline and, and every major trucking company all around the world and rail and, and river barges sometimes, getting all of that data and all of those local business rules, getting all of that into one big global database is, is a hell of a challenge. So I think what's exciting in Freitas, we really didn't shy away from taking on a very large, complex challenge and um, that we're, we're having some good initial success in, in digitizing all of that. Mm, indeed. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's almost, I mean, if I, if I may use an extreme term, it's insane that you even embarked on this journey. But, <laughs> but I can say it's, it's uh, you know, there's, there's always, a, there's always a, that's, that's where you can find diamonds, right? In, a, in, in, a, in a pretty messy environments sometimes. So uh, <laughs> that's right. it, it seems like you, you know, you've come a long way, definitely. Um, and, and I know I said it's my last question, but I, I need to, to come back to, the, to, to where we started. And I just have this personal curiosity because you, mm. you, you, you also wrote a book, right? But Fizz, nothing mm. is as it seems. You need to tell me a little bit about it. So it's the history of physics as a novel, right? So what, oh, yeah. tell, me, tell me a little bit about the book. I mean, it's just, I'm just curious. Oh, yeah, thanks. Um, so uh, Fizz, uh, Fizz is, is written F-I-Z-Z, but of course it's a play on words that are, are, of physics. Um, but, but Fizz is a character. It was the, the model by a book called Sophie's World, which uh, told, the, told the history of philosophy as a story. Um, so, but it's the same sort of concept. So um, this is a story about a teenage girl called uh, Fizz, and she time travels. And uh, goes back and meets uh, Aristotle and Galileo and Newton and Einstein and uh, tries to understand the universe by having uh, informal chats with these people. And then eventually comes back to the present and understands her own time travel and how that was possible or wasn't possible. Uh, so, um, so it's just, uh, I, I, I love uh, physics and um, I just found it. But in, in university, I'd learned a lot of physics, but very little of the history. So sort of fun, not too serious book was my way of um, learning uh, for myself, you know, how uh, physics developed and how we got from Aristotle's very bizarre understanding of the world uh, all the way to, to modern physics. Yes. Fantastic. Very, very interesting. So 
thank you for sharing. You also, uh, thank you for for all the sharings, for all the you know, for all the the good stories and the takeaways and the you know the the, the you have shared with us today. And and I really wish you and and I think from everybody from uh, from our community as well, lots of successes and to grow Fatos uh, to new uh, to new heights. Thank you so much. It's been uh, great to be on with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to follow us on radopalamario.com slash podcast for all the show notes, links, and extra tips covered in the interview. Make sure also our email the news in the nick of time. If you're listening through a streaming platform like iTunes or Stitcher and you like what we do, please kindly review and give us five stars so we can keep the energy flowing and get more people to find out about our podcast. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me to stay tuned for our latest uh, articles as well as future guests for the podcast. And if you have any suggestions or any other idea, please feel free to write to me. I respond to all. And also, please make sure not to miss our next episode where we will be having a few other C-level and top leaders in supply chain joining us. Stay tuned.